The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost Busting Mystery Episode 30 Chapter 30 Darnell didn't look surprised to see us. He sat in the driver's bucket seat with his chubby legs dangling out the door. He was barefoot. He had on a wife-beater t-shirt and some pale blue boxers. His pigtails were coming unraveled. He was toking on a doobie. He squinted when Vini demanded he put up his hands. Can't, he explained. Gotta finish the doobie. Want some? Sweet stuff. Dream potion number nine. He held it out to Vini. She poked him under the right eye with the barrel tip of the BB gun. Ouch! Just so you know, that hurt, Granny. Sit still or I'll shoot your eyes out. I could see Junior's Fender guitar and a pile of mics and drums in the back seat of the gremlin. That did not surprise me. What did surprise me was what erupted out of the pile of dirty blankets next to the musical paraphernalia. Candy Huggins. Oh, shit! said Candy, and she dove back under the covers. Vini said, We came to get Junior's stuff. Oh, man, is that his stuff? Darnell looked over his shoulder. His forehead was lined with wrinkles. Oh, shit, didn't mean to take his stuff. I guess I was stoned. You can have anything you like. Take anything. We'll call it square. Vini kept the gun pressed to the bottom socket of his right eye. You stole this car, too. Oh, man. Did I? You know, I think I got a problem. I think I might be an addict. I've been having these blackouts. You know, I was an abused kid. It was awful. So awful. I got to drink and do drugs just to keep from killing myself these days. I'm not as happy-go-lucky as I look, you know. Vini said, Tell it to your parole officer. Oh, man, come on. You're not taking me in, are you? Me and you are friends. Can't you just take junior stuff and look the other way? I was on my way out of town. I'll be gone as soon as you get your stuff. You'll never see me again. Why make a fuss? Candy peeked out of the covers. Come on, gals. We were just leaving town. Weren't nobody hurt? Everybody had fun. I told Candy we knew about her arrest warrant for running scams over in Missouri. Oh, Jesus, she said. I'm an entertainer. That's all. People used to love being entertained. I never hurt nobody. Me and Darnell, we're a team. A team? Darnell took another toke. She's my wife. Ex-wife? 
Candy screeched. X! You two were in this ghost swindle together? Darnell objected. I never invited her to come down here with me. Candy rolled her eyes. Like I was going to let you get your hands on that gold and not give me my fair share. He owes me ten years of alimony, you know. Somehow that did not surprise me. Candy yacked on. He'd been going on about his big family jewels ever since I met him in the carnival down in Kentucky. Yak, yak, yak. How his great-great-granddad was a big old train and bank robber. How someday he was going to find the loot and we'd be rich. I asked Darnell how he knew he was related to Alta Iona. Did one of them spit tests. Mailed it in online. They tell you if you're related to anyone famous. I thought it might come in handy, knowing some relatives I could stay with when I was down and out. Thought I might even find some wealthy kin and show up asking for some cousin money. In consideration. Altiona came up on my mama's side, along with an old news story on the missing gold. Did some digging in the library, found more details about the gold at the Wyatt Mansion. Used the story mostly to impress the ladies. Candy made a funny sound. What, you think he lured me in with his charm? Darnell shrugged that off. Anyway, Candy said we could run the ghost racket, see what the neighbors knew, get in on the inside track. I decided to come on up this way. When you ladies got involved, and I saw that piece in the squealer on the skeleton, I called Candy to come up, get on the inside with you gals. Get everybody's confidence so I could get on with digging around for gold. Vini eyed Candy. That why you were smooching up, Harry? That, and the fact he's kind of cute. Like a baby otter with that itty-bitty mustache of his. Vini and I both winced. Darnell finished his doobie and flicked it off into the weeds. You're gonna let us go, right? Wrong, said Vini. There are warrants for the both of you. I figure we can trade you two in for enough cash to keep us in Twinkies until Christmas. Candy said, I am not going to the slammer. You know what that would do to my hair? Right now, her hay pile of hair was full of rat's nests. I imagine prison could only improve it. Out of curiosity, I asked if they ever found any gold. Candy snorted. Heck no. We did a lot of digging. All we ever got was blisters. I was hanging around trying to make a little cash for the road doing ghost shows for Dode. At least he had some cash. Whatever made you think there was gold in the apple orchard? Ask the genius there. Candy pointed to Darnell. Here, I'll show you. Darnell asked Vinnie to lower the BB gun. She did, reluctantly. He reached over and pulled his fat biker's wallet out of the console. He unfolded a piece of paper. 
It looked like an old plate ripped out of a book. Went out to Iona. Left my great-great-granny, Myrtle May, at the orphanage. All she left with her was this here page out of a Bible. Beanie and I studied the page. It looked to be a scene from some old painting. A curly-haired maiden in long, flowing robes had her arms sprawled out wide. She held an apple tree branch with three fat, ripe apples that glinted like gold. Under the picture, someone had written in ink, Under the three apples, not on the tree. On the word of God, that's where the gold will be. The initials A-I-W were scribbled under the inscription. Darnell sniveled. I reckon Alta Iona wrote this. A-I-W. See? And that it meant she'd hidden Jedediah's stolen gold in the apple orchard. I reckon she hoped whoever got the baby would understand the message. Get the gold so little Myrtle May would be taken care of right nice. Candy snorted. I told him that story he made up in his head about golden apples was far-fetched. Hey, a guy can dream. I wish you would. Go for it. For heaven's sakes, you steal a car? A felony, I might add. And do you steal a caddy or something hot and sexy like what rich people would drive? Oh, no. You steal a gremlin. A 73 purple gremlin, for the love of God Almighty. Darnell's face fell a little. I think it's cute. Vini shook her BB gun. If you two are done belly aching, we're taking you in. Move it over to the Chevy. Darnell shuffled out of the gremlin. He looked down at his bare, chubby legs. I need some pants, he said. Candy, he called to the back seat. Throw me them pants over by the cooler. Candy dove down. When she popped back up, her hands were no longer empty. They didn't hold pants, either. She was gripping a sawed-off shotgun. And not an air pistol, either. Sorry, gals, she said. Candy Huggins is not going to the big house. Not even for one itty-bitty night. Hand over your pistol and your cell phones. Vini and I complied. Candy ordered Darnell to get some rope out of the gremlin. He tied us up sitting on the ground back to back. Then he hogtied our ankles. Candy fished the Chevy keys out of my front pocket. The pair took off in the Impala headed south toward the state line. On the bright side, I said as I leaned back into Vini, we did get Junior's guitar back, and we got the gremlin. Bet there's a reward for that gremlin. I nodded toward the car. Also, the Impala is low on gas. They probably won't make it to the state line.
It was almost dark when Boots slid into the sand next to us. He mashed on his hat and moseyed on over to us. Well, well, he said, trying his darndest not to crack a grin. You gals need a ride home, do you? <laughs>